HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Look, Chava, a check from La Luna Mescal de Michoacan. Wow, Lou, what are we going to do with that? We're going to strap ourselves in for another episode of Agave Road Trip brought to you by La Luna Mescal de Michoacan. I am Lou Bank. I am Salvador Peribán, better called Chava. (laughs) And this (laughs) is Agave Road Trip. On today's Agave Road Trip, we're going to talk about distillation. Yes, probably the part where we have, well, I have more experience. Oh, I've got, well, actually, that's not true. I started a distillery. What am I thinking? You do have experience with that. I got a little experience with it. Um, And it's sort of actually what amazed me. It's the thing that opened my eyes to something different going on when I visited Oaxaca the second time. It was the first time, the second time I visited in 20, 2009 was the first time I visited a Palenque. And what was it? What was about distillation that caught your eye? Well, okay, so I thought all distillation took place in one of these giant pot stills or something even more industrial. Like right? the ones you were working with at the distillery. Yeah, when okay. I set up the distillery at Rogue Ales in Oregon back in 2002, I thought we were working with really old equipment because it was this <laughs> right. It was this <laughs> copper still that, that I'm pretty sure was gas heated. It certainly wasn't wood heated. It might have been electric. I honestly don't remember. Um but then I walked into uh, Lalo's uh, Palenque, Eduardo Anales's Palenque in Santa Catarina Minas, and I'm looking at what I thought could be described as a, uh, a, a brick oven for pizza with a chimenea, a backyard uh, chimenea dropped into the middle of it. And I was like, how the hell did this guy come up with that system for distillation? It is definitely an extravagant look. And a lot of people have traced this back to Korean, Mongolian, Filipino, like... It uh, makes you want to travel beyond Mexico. It does. It does. It, de- it definitely tells you that people have been distilling stuff for a long time. Alcohol oh. is, is a nice thing to have around, Lou. Yeah. So, okay. Alcohol is a nice thing to have around. And you can, well, what we talked about last uh, last podcast episode was fermenting, where we made the alcohol. Uh, and then distillation is, in essence, the concentration of that alcohol. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, you some you know some people that prefer to drink beer. Mm-hmm. But some people like something a little bit stronger, right? Like whiskey, they, which is like beer without the hops. Exactly. Yeah. And therefore, that's why I think our fellow antique like ancestors decided to come up with a technology that would allow them to separate 
water from alcohol. Therefore, going for the four ABB typical in beers and all the fermented so other four, stuff. So four percent alcohol by volume, exactly. To something more like forty percent alcohol or by 55 volume, fifty-five if we're lucky, or seventy-five if, if we're, we're crazy. Like puntas, puntas. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, okay, so how do you separate? How do you how do you distill? How do you separate the water from the alcohol? to churn it from a 4% alcohol by volume to a 40%? It's actually a very simple process. Just basically certain types of alcohols like ethanol, methanol, and other types have a different evaporation temperature. A, a boiling point. Boil, a boiling point. Thank you very much sure. for correcting my Spanglish. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then water. So basically you are heating a vessel that has water and alcohol and getting to that point where you're evaporating alcohol and not water. And then in, making in a the, nutshell, there's still going to yeah, be some water in there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. why it's not 100% ethanol. Right, right. So, yeah. And, and in Mexico, I think the other really interesting thing is they use many types of different vessels. They use the <laughs> clay one you described. They yeah. use copper. They go stainless steel. They use sometimes even wood parts to the alembic. It's just like they're very, very interesting types of equipment that they get down there. Huh. And why would they use different ones? Well, you know, I think sometimes practicity, sometimes flavor, but I think we have a really nice quote that will sort of tell us or give us more, more information about this. Is this from Jesus Franco? Yes, it is. From our last trip to La Mixteca Alta in Buena Vista. <laughs> that was November of 2019. Let's roll the tape. I'm 32 years old, and I am a mezcal producer. Here, the municipio has four agencias. Where we are right now is called Buena Vista Teosocalco. The other three agencias are called San Jose Rio Minas, San Antonio El Progreso, and San Isidro Teosocalco. And all of us, obviously including the municipio, are mezcal producers. Recently, we have shifted from clay pots to stainless steel pots, even if we preserve the clay condenser, because steel is not as fragile as clay, which you can easily break with a piece of lumber or anything else. We've done a couple batches using this new equipment, and we've realized that it helps us work faster and gives us better agave yields. Okay, so thanks for that quote, Jesus. Now, uh, Chava, why would he do that, right? We, we talk a lot about the importance of, uh, the importance, the appeal of these traditional methods and changing from clay to steel you're, you're, you're getting more industrial. So what's, what's he doing? What's Jesus well, doing? Well, you have to consider he's living in the middle of nowhere. How long did it took us to get here or there? Oh, my goodness. My recollection is that was almost a day's drive, like, like eight hours. Was it a pleasant drive? I mean, the landscapes were beautiful, but it was not a pleasant drive. Parts of it were pleasant. Uh, going into the town where it was illegal to have alcohol, that wasn't so pleasant. There was a little fear. We almost, we almost got put into jail. There's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, that. yeah. We're not very good friends with the Christian authorities that approached us, but they let us go. <laughs> right. Cheers but, to them. You know, but, but to your point, like, th there's also this beauty to, besides adhering to tradition, to also just using what you have, what's at hand and what's available. If he wants to replace his clay still... Like if it, and the clay still too can break so easily and unexpectedly. You it just can explode. You feel too much explodes. pressure. Well, it won't explode, but you feel too much pressure in that and you'll shoot up the top of it. And you'll lose easily. everything that was in it. And, and the steel itself. And the steel itself. And so it's going to take you at least a day to replace that still. At least a day. 
which means you're stopping all your operations. So I think, you know, some things for others. And to his credit, his juice is amazing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, you know, sometimes tradition, sometimes practicity, each one to their own, as long as they are doing a quality product, I think. Okay. I like that. So there you go. There's distillation in a nutshell. And since we're already talking about uh, the clay pots, um, why don't we uh, cover on our other singular objective, ceramics and clay in Mexico? Oaxaca is probably the place that has the highest diversity of clay making in all Mexico and probably all Latin America. Yeah. It's calculated that more than 200 towns had some type of specific access to clay, be it different types of dirt, different ways to process it, different, not glazes. There's only one community that uses glazes, but there's a lot of diversity in clay. You know, I get so frustrated uh, looking at the ceramics down in, specifically in Oaxaca. And uh, my frustration is I end up in San Bartolo Coyotepec and I see these black pots, like they're, they're thick and they're awkward and the black looks like paint to me. And I hear all about these heritage ceramics, but I honestly, the methods, I've only seen what I consider heritage ceramics, either old stuff being sold on the roadside in Oaxaca and you can find some beautiful 50 year old pots there. Uh, for next to nothing, or my friends in Wisconsin. I've got a friend, David <laughs> Smith in Wisconsin, right, who built his own kiln, wood-fired kiln. Um, I'm frustrated. How do I see the good stuff in Mexico? Well, you have to go knock on some doors. I have this really good friend there, Rufina Ruiz Lopez from Atzompa, Santa Maria mm -hmm. Atzompa. The things she's doing are amazing. Yeah. And it's new stuff, but with all the heritage, with all that nice influence that makes you wonder where does this come from? Huh, and huh, But huh. it's harder. I get your point because sometimes you go into like these fancy design stores. I mean, I started going, I started working in Oaxaca in ceramics. Yeah. And it oh, took me yeah. a while. Yeah. Like that's the whole reason why I started living in, in Oaxaca. And it took me a while to A, understand where to find it, B, to look at them and understand what was the good stuff versus the bad stuff. And C, to know the families. You need to know the families that are really good at making it. Okay, interesting. So I'm I'm actually headed back down to Oaxaca uh, in a week, week and a half. Um, so maybe I can stop in at your friends. It's that Zompa's just like what twenty minutes north. Yeah, of the, these of days Central? it's almost a suburb of Oaxaca. Yeah, it's like twenty minutes in the Etla direction. Okay, cool. So that's uh, that'll cover it for uh, for Clay and our other singular objective. Um, so let's wrap up this episode uh, with another segment of Mexico Like a Pro, our pro tips, and talk about Palenque tours. If, uh, if I'm headed down to Oaxaca and I am not comfortable renting a car and driving off on my own with some GPS coordinates, what are my options? Well, there's plenty of, I think, very decent Palenque tours. I myself have not taken a lot of them because I lived there for almost eight years. So mm -hmm. let's say I have privileged access to the surroundings. But uh, a lot of people that I know, they're just gonna spend their a week, few days. They don't have all the time to making their research to ask to other people. So I think uh, a palenque tour is not a bad idea. Huh. So when we're saying palenque too, like it suggests distillery, but there's also, if you drive towards Santiago Matatlan, the fabric, fabricados, how do you say it? There's What's that? Factories. How do you say fa fabricas? Like, fabricas. You'll see fabrica. And whenever I see fabrica, I always assume it's somebody who's not doing things entirely in a traditional way. Or 
Yeah, or well, or right, or yeah. with quality, or with care. But you know, you you walk up and down the streets of Oaxaca, and people will literally stop you and offer to take you to these places. And in my experience, that's not the way to do a tour. That you'll end up at the more commercial places. Do you know anyone you like? Do you, do you have any tours that you prefer than uh, others? You know, it's funny. I I don't know that I can honestly say that there are tours that I prefer because I've never taken a tour. I've always just gone with friends to places. But I have friends who give tours. Um, and there are a lot of them. I don't want to. I don't want to try to run through them and then forget some of the names while we're recording. Yeah. You know how I am with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 your um, memory. It's a famous piece of equipment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I will do is um, on the website we can post the uh, the contact information for a bunch of different tour companies who I believe will bring you to good places and charge you a fair fee. Um, yeah, and I think the biggest advantage of this is that this happened to you very Samson to me. So many times you call the palenquero, you make all the arrangements, you say, yes, you're, you're sure you're going to be there. They say, yes, you're right for I ride the car for four hours, you knock the door, there's no one there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get that. But honestly, I've never been disappointed. Even in the, the cases where uh, somebody's not there, uh, their neighbor is. Somebody else is in that community making great spirits. And it's sometimes how I end up meeting uh, other Palenqueros, under mes other mescaleros. I so, just hope you're not sneaking in their houses and stealing their mezcal. I would always leave money. I'd never steal it. Okay, say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so we'll also add in case uh, you're you're more adventurous. We'll add to the website um, uh, the the uh, directions for how you can go and visit on your own if you want to rent a car. Sure. Okay. So that's going to wrap it up for today. And when we come back on the next podcast. Uh, which we'll actually record tomorrow, not today, uh, we'll talk about barrel aging. Oof. Hasta pronto. Hasta luego. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bang and Chava Perivan. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at gaveroadtrip.net. Distributed by Heritage Radio Network, the best network in the world for podcasts about food, drink, and agriculture. Agave Road Trip is brought to you by La Luna Mezcal de Michoacán. Take it over, Lou. So I gotta say, like it's it's hard for me to accept a uh, a check from a brand of mezcal, and I wouldn't do it from just any brand. But I really like everything that La Luna Mezcal produces. So in particular, I am so taken with their tequilana. It feels to me like this is the missing link between tequila. And mezcal. It's a certified mezcal made in Michoacan, but it's made in a traditional method, the same way that all of these beautiful mezcals are made. So they've taken this process that has basically disappeared from Jalisco, from the tequila region. Um, and they've brought this heritage back, and they've brought it back in this bottle that I think anybody who's a fan of tequila is going to want to try. Thanks very much, La Luna, for supporting us, and catch you next road trip. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. 
And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. This program is powered by Simplecast.